So hello and welcome to this BJ Psych Advances podcast. My name is Howard Ryland and I am the trainee editor of BJ Psych Advances. We are in the beautiful city of Edinburgh at the Royal College of Psychiatrists International Congress. So sustainability is an issue that's becoming increasingly important across the board in healthcare. And the Royal College of Psychiatrists has been leading the way in the last few years. A key component of this work has been the Choosing Wisely initiative. And I'm very pleased to have with me today Daniel Morn, who is a consultant in early intervention in Buckinghamshire, and also the RC Psych Associate Registrar for Sustainability. And I've also got Joseph Hayes, who is the RC Psych lead for the Choosing Wisely campaign, and also MRC Fellow at UCL. So thank you very much for joining me. Thank you. And welcome. So firstly, I'd just like to ask, what is Choosing Wisely and where did it come from? Choosing Wisely actually began in the States um, several years ago now, and um, it began in uh, uh, what really was a doctor's reaction to, I think it's fair to say, a bloated American healthcare system. And it was um, trying to get some shared voice amongst doctors to say, actually, what interventions are potentially wasteful, potentially not leading to patient improvement, or even potentially harmful. So it began in the States, it was quickly taken up by Canada, who've got a very big Choosing Wisely programme, and it's spread actually over the world. Essentially, it's a brand. And what Choosing Wisely looks like on the ground is um, lists, top five lists generally, and they are lists of five things that really we should stop doing because things are either, you know, as I said before, um, not really you know, of value to patients. And um, an underlying facet of this is really to give information to patients and perhaps to rejig the um, power dynamic between doctors and patients in the consulting room to give patients the ability to say, hang on a second, this, is this truly necessary? What's the advantages versus the disadvantages of this particular intervention? And we've done that um, in, in the UK, actually, now for the past 18 months or so. And um, the Royal College of Psychiatrists have developed their first top five list, which was um, launched last year. And actually, it turned out to be a, a top four list because um, for various um, reasons, that perhaps is, is less interesting to go into now. But um, we, we, they were launched last year and actually they've, they've got a lot of media coverage. And yeah, um, I think it's exciting to see where this programme is going to develop. Great. So it's really interesting to hear that it started in the States and we hear a lot about um, overdiagnosis of conditions, particularly certain psychiatric conditions. How does that apply to the UK? Are we overdiagnosing things here? And if so, what are we overdiagnosing in psychiatry? Well, I think that's a really important point because we've had NICE, haven't we? And in a sense, you know, NICE are world leaders in saying um, what is not only clinically effective, but also cost effective. And they've done a lot of good um, for uh, reducing waste in healthcare. And certainly the NHS uh, is, doesn't have the um, immediate gains of potentially an insurance-based system for um, uh, you know, doctors doing ever more interventions. So, um, yes, what, what relevance does it have in the UK? I would say a lot. There is evidence of overdiagnosis and overtreatment. And certainly there is some confusion about perhaps where um, things have been useful, but perhaps now have been superseded or were thought initially to be useful and, and now aren't. A good example of that is 
CT or MRI scans in first episode psychosis. Nice have come out and said that you know there's there's no evidence for there there being any benefit of doing that unless there are specific neurological indications. And indeed, that was one of our, um, our in our list last year. But I must say that the Nice have created a very helpful do not do recommendation database. But quite frankly, nobody had heard of it. And um, uh, what I'd see choosing wisely is doing is is being actually a really great brand um, and a very good way of communicating these the important messages of choosing wisely and i must say that actually um whilst you know evidence-based medicine is an absolutely glorious wonderful thing and possibly the best thing that's ever happened to modern medicine and makes modern medicine what it is today we have not had a competing dialogue about really what we should stop doing mm-hmm. and choosing wisely is i would say a very important voice yeah. i think joe will uh, uh go on to say actually how uh, choosing wisely um, in its development over the next few years, actually has been nuanced um, a, a little to be not just about do not do, but really focusing more on patient-doctor in- interactions. But I'll, I'll leave that to you, Joe. Well, I think that's I think that's totally true. I think there's quite a lot of evidence that although we have nice guidance um, and they're very comprehensive, there's there's a range of implementation um, across the UK and across um, different services um, because there's so much evidence there really. And so the aim of choosing wisely in the first instance was to get clinicians to identify, okay, where are the big areas of waste? Where are the things that we could do, uh, have a big impact by changing a few small things? And that's where this um, this top four list came from, really. I would be really interested to hear a bit more about how you came up with those top four recommendations and what was the processes and what were the, the challenges of undertaking that piece of work? Uh, so essentially the, the process um, started with bringing in uh, members of all uh, faculties from the college, uh, so representatives of the um, psychopharmacology committee. Uh, so essentially the process was to bring together members of faculties and committees within um, the Royal College. Um, so the old age faculty, the general adult faculty, the academic faculty, uh, the Psychopharmacology Committee and, and a number of other groups. Um, and they all had input into generating a long list of potential choosing wisely points. And then through a series of iterations, these were rewritten and whittled down um, to this uh, to this final, final four, which was then agreed by the whole group, um, signed off by Simon Wesley and Adrian James, the, the registrar, um, and then uh, sent to the Academy of Medical Royal Colleges, who are coordinating the whole Choosing Wisely programme. Yeah, and then the, the, for your interest, the, the recommendations were, firstly, in the treatment of depression, if an antidepressant has been prescribed within the therapeutic range for two months with little or no response, it should be reviewed and changed or another medication added that will work in parallel with the initial antidepressant. Secondly, when adults with schizophrenia are introduced to treatment with long-term antipsychotic medication, the benefits and harms of taking oral medication compared with long-acting depot injections should be discussed with all relevant parties. Third, women who are planning a pregnancy or may be pregnant should not be prescribed valproate for mental disorders, except where there is treatment resistance and or very high-risk clinical situations. And finally, fourth, when a diagnosis of psychosis is made, CT or MRI head scans should not um, be used 
um, unless there are specific indications, for instance, signs of neurological uh, problems. Great. I mean, that sounds like a, a really sensible list and a, a really robust process for actually selecting uh, which recommendations to go for. Now we've got those recommendations, what's the next step in terms of what are the barriers and the facilitators for actually implementing these recommendations and choosing wisely? So I think this is something that's um, that's been a big issue and um, has become increasingly recognised in the states, where obviously um, the program started in Canada. Is how you how you monitor this behaviour change, how you um, audit what's happening on the ground. So it's it's actually something that's still under discussion um, with the Academy of Medical Royal Colleges is how we do this. But there are a number of trusts um, that are interested in being identified as choosing wisely leads, um, and they're um, going to start monitoring uptake of these of these of these four points, um, along with the the new lists that we we hope to launch uh, at the congress tomorrow. Fantastic! So it sounds like there's a lot going on. And what do you see as being the long term future for choosing wisely? I think it's going to be something that grows and changes over time. You can already see that uh, these these points that that, that Daniel's um, read out to you are based on current best available evidence. But given that it is evidence based, they might be become obsolete at times, or they might need rewording. Um, there's also been a move towards something that's far more patient facing. So these were made by clinicians about important points that clinicians should potentially stop doing. And I think there was a, a feeling that we could increase uptake and increase the, the worth of the Choosing Wisely campaign by moving towards something that was very patient orientated, worded in a way that patients and carers um, could clearly understand. Um, so they weren't about you know, a certain cutoff on a blood test. Or, or something which some of the other colleges have submitted things that are very specific and really you couldn't understand as a patient. So it's about making a, making it uh, the start of a dialogue, really. Great. So it sounds like choosing wisely is here to stay, but it's going to change over time and hopefully going to add real value to what we do as psychiatrists. Exactly. So Joseph and Daniel, I just want to ask if you've got any last comments well, I think the really important thing that we have mentioned is that um, un underuse is still happening. There are still people who aren't getting the interventions that they need. But overuse, over-treatment, over-diagnosis is not mutually exclusive. They're not mutually exclusive, overuse and underuse. They are coexisting issues. And so I think it's really important to say that there are some people who are getting enough. And I think I'd add that in as an important caveat to this, this choosing wisely program but but other than that um i think that you know if you're interested go to choosingwisely.co.uk uh, uh, and um check out the recommendations and if you're interested please do get in contact with us we'll be pleased to hear from you excellent well daniel joseph thank you very much for joining me today thank you